University of Virginia Health System, we're for sharing the latest health information from top minds to keep you and your family healthy. With UVA Health System Radio, here's Melanie Cole. Hi, this is Bill Klaproth in from Melanie Cole. Sarcoidosis is caused by inflammation in the lungs and can cause an array of symptoms. So what are the causes and symptoms along with treatment options? Joining us is Dr. Andrew Varanik, a UVA specialist in pulmonology, board-certified physician in pulmonary medicine and critical care medicine, whose specialties include sarcoidosis. Dr. Varanik, thank you so much for being out with us today. So let's start right at the beginning. What is sarcoidosis? Well, uh, thank you for having me today, Bill. Um, sarcoidosis. Um, so sarcoid is actually an idiopathic disease, which means that we actually don't know what causes it. Um, we assume that in certain susceptible individuals, uh, something in their environment triggers them to develop this type of inflammation in their body called granulomatous inflammation. Um, and this inflammation usually affects the lungs, but it can actually affect any part of the body. Um, again, it most commonly affects the lungs, which is why it's primarily treated by lung doctors such as myself. Um, but uh, again, um, outside the lungs, it can affect almost anything. Uh, more commonly after the lungs, things like the skin, um, the eyes, um, other lymph nodes in the body, um, and even sometimes in rare cases, the heart and the brain. Um, so it can go pretty much anywhere. Does it always start in the lungs? Um, the symptoms that bring it to light don't always necessarily uh, have to do with pulmonary symptoms, um, but almost everybody with sarcoid will have some lung involvement. And what are the common symptoms associated with sarcoidosis? You know, so interestingly, you know, many patients won't have any symptoms at all with sarcoidosis, um, and they may come to light incidentally, um, such as when they get an x-ray for some other reason. So maybe their primary care doctor orders an x-ray for bronchitis or pneumonia, um, but the x-ray ends up showing some findings suggestive of sarcoid, um, and then they're sent to us. Um, if they are going to have symptoms, uh, usually the symptoms are lung-related because, again, the lungs are the most commonly involved organ. Um, so they may have symptoms like shortness of breath, uh, chronic cough, uh, occasionally chest pains. Um, many of them will also have just nonspecific symptoms such as fatigue. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, because sarcoid can involve any other part of the body besides the lungs, um, you know, you need to look out for the heart, the skin, uh, things like that as well. So it can actually present in a myriad of ways, uh, but most so often with, with pulmonary symptoms. Right. So if someone comes to visit you, how is it traditionally diagnosed then? So usually by the time they get to see me, we have a pretty good suspicion um, already based on the x-ray, and they probably had a CAT scan of their lungs as well. Um, once you suspect it, you almost always want to do a biopsy to see if they actually have that type of inflammation that I mentioned earlier, that granuloma inflammation. Um, and you want a biopsy the easiest thing to get at. So if they have a rash, that's usually a good place to start, um, uh, pretty much because a skin biopsy is fairly easy. It's fairly non-invasive. Um, in general, though, most of these patients, because almost all of them have some pulmonary involvement, uh, most of them will get a lung biopsy, uh, which is done via a procedure called a bronchoscopy. Um, and because most of the time people with sarcoid will actually have enlarged lymph nodes or glands around their airway, uh, we actually do a very cool procedure these days called an EBIS, uh, which stands for endobronchial ultrasound. Um, and so that actually allows us to get inside their airway, and we actually, through the ultrasound, this very small ultrasound on the end of our scope, we can actually look through the airway, um, outside of the airway, uh, visualize the lymph nodes sitting outside the airway, and actually visualize our needle going through their airway into that lymph node. Um, and the cool thing, too, is we usually have a pathologist in the room with us when we do this, so they can tell us almost instantly whether or not we've gotten a diagnosis. So is sarcoidosis 
confused with other uh, diseases. Um, it seems like this is kind of like a an unknown disease. Are it, it, it sounds like you're getting to the point now where you can easily diagnose this or you know right away instead of, oh, you may have this, you may have that. Is that correct? Uh, it's more or less correct, yeah. I mean, so most of the time, sarcoid presents fairly straightforwardly. Um, again, usually with pulmonary symptoms or abnormal x-rays, abnormal CT scans in the lungs. Um, but you mentioned earlier that, you know, it certainly can be confused with a lot of other things, um, in part because it can affect so many organs um, of the body outside the lungs. Um, and so I've certainly had patients who had no problems breathing, but they presented with, you know, difficulty walking, difficulty with their gait and balance, um, and ended up having sarcoid in their brain. Um, patients present with palpitations, and again, their lungs are fine, but they have sarcoid involving the heart, causing them to skip beats and have palpitations and things like that. So because it can present in so many different ways, um, it can often be confused with many different diseases um, and often is quite a complicated diagnosis to make. Most of the time that's not true, but certainly it can be true. And what treatment options are available to patients suffering from sarcoidosis? So the nice thing about sarcoid is that, you know, in the vast majority of patients, um, they're going to do just fine. Um, about 50 to 75% of them are going to experience a resolution of the disease uh, within a few years, uh, usually without treatment. Um, and so for the majority of the patients we see in clinic, you know, it's very more watchful waiting and kind of making sure they don't develop any manifestations of their sarcoid that does need treatment. Um, in the small subset of patients that uh, do require treatment, um, you know, they can often be quite sick. So in about 5 or 10% of those patients, um, they may have uh, very severe fibrosis in their lungs from their sarcoid, or they may have heart involvement or brain involvement that requires treatment. Um, and in those patients, the, the disease can be quite uh, debilitating and life-limiting. Um, and so for those patients, we usually put them on medicines to suppress the immune system or weaken their immune system, if you will, um, and thus calm down that inflammation that I alluded to earlier that's causing all the problems. Um, traditionally, patients have been treated with steroids, um, although the problem with steroids like prednisone is that when they're given long-term, um, they can often have really terrible side effects, um, sometimes worse than the disease itself, uh, things like osteoporosis, uh, issues with their sugars, with blood pressure, uh, weight gain, fluid retention, cataracts, etc. Um, and so there's other drugs, uh, sometimes referred to as steroid-sparing agents, that can be given long-term that uh, uh, will weaken the immune system enough to suppress the sarcoid uh, without causing all of those terrible side effects. So you said in a high percentage of patients, it just goes away. It does, yeah. Um, and so again, you know, um, most patients present with kind of mild uh, sarcoid, um, and most of those patients, again, about 50 to 75 percent of them, will experience resolution of the disease without treatment at all. Um, their symptoms are mild, if present at all, um, and again, most of the time, um, our job is to do no harm um, and to monitor them um, should they develop uh, things like heart involvement or uh, uh, worsening lung disease that would require treatment. So is it fair to say then most people will live a normal life after being diagnosed? Uh, I think that's a very fair statement. I think that the vast majority of patients with sarcoid um, can and will live a normal life with their disease. Um, it's just that small subset of patients that develop you know, very severe pulmonary fibrosis or um, disease outside of the lungs that um, can often be quite sick. Um, and are there certain, right, um, I'm sorry, are there certain environmental conditions that exacerbate it? Uh, I happen to have a nephew that has this, and cold weather makes it worse for him. Is that 
true where you live uh, can make a difference in this? In general, no. Um, environmental factors don't play much of a role in sarcoid. Um, some people with sarcoid will actually have um, involvement of their airways um, as opposed to the lung tissue, the lung parenchyma itself. Um, and in those patients, they can often have uh, what acts like asthma almost. And in those patients, uh, changes in the weather and things like that do make their symptoms worse. Uh, you know, they have more of a cough, perhaps more shortness of breath as well. And who is more susceptible to get this? Is it anyone or a certain type of person that would have a higher incidence to get this? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, so in general, this is a disease of younger people. Um, so most of the time it comes to light, um, usually between the ages of 20 and 40. Um, and so um, it's a disease of younger people, not older people. Um, and it's more common in African Americans than in, in whites or Caucasians. Um, uh, and a little bit more common in women as opposed to men. Okay, interesting. All right, Dr. Vranek, thank you so much for being on with us today. Last question, why should someone come to UVA pulmonary and respiratory for treatment? Yeah, so we actually have a clinic at UVA uh, specifically tailored to patients with diseases like sarcoid um, called the Interstitial Lung Disease Clinic. Um, sarcoid, like so many of these lung diseases, is pretty rare and it's often complicated. Uh, and it's a disease that many pulmonary physicians don't see on a regular basis. Um, and I think there's a lot of evidence out there, um, the best example being something like cystic fibrosis, uh, that when you have a really complex illness, uh, you want to see a group of physicians that focus on just that one disease um, and take care of only these patients on a daily basis. And by doing so day in and day out, uh, they get to be truly experts at managing that disease. Um, and I think they have better outcomes. Um, and so there's currently three of us in the ILD clinic here at UVA, um, Dr. Borna Murad, uh, Dr. Diana Gomez, and myself, um, that focus just on these diseases, these interstitial lung diseases like sarcoid. Um, and we really enjoy taking care of patients with those diseases. We really enjoy seeing them. Um, so uh, I think that's, that's my reason. <laughs> Absolutely. We've been talking with Dr. Andrew Veranek, a UVA specialist in pulmonology. Thank you so much again for your time today. Very interesting. For more information, please visit uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. I'm Bill Klaproth in for Melanie Cole, and this is UVA Health Systems Radio. Thanks for listening.